And now, Dave and Jahan discuss Disney Plus at the time of its US launch and correctly predict stuff. Hello. Ooh, we're back with some more frivolity. We are. Um, and this time, remind me what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, sometimes we, yeah. I started a thing in the first Frivolous Disney's uh, where uh, we come up with a question and then we, you know, talk the other it. one answers their version of it. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Gives their answer. I'm not very good at talking about things today. I've noticed that as the day's worn on. But that's fine. That's a good format for a podcast. Hopefully that's part of the charm yes. of me. Um. <laughs> Because if not, then I don't know what's left. Um, but this time, Jahan's come up with the question. Yes. What was it again? Uh, I don't remember the exact wording of it, but like... It's all right. I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> uh, and I did briefly think about what my answer would be, but now well, I'm gone, so. it's the specifics of it, I suppose, aren't that the, important. Yeah. It's, well... This, <laughs> That's we, a good start We are question. currently in November 2019. Well, yep. And if you are in America uh, or... Frankly, many countries that are not the one that we're in. Yeah. This is the launch month for Disney Plus. Yes. The big. We're not allowed it. We're not allowed it. Do we know when we're allowed it? Sometime early next year. Huh. They've okay. not actually told us specifically wow. when. They have now. It's flipping March. Last day of March as well. This was the start of November. March. Flipping egg. Okay, so what Disney Plus have opted to do. Is or Disney is in general is they've opted to come up with the ultimate Disney stuff platform. Yes. For families to watch Disney stuff on. Yes. And they're deciding to do that after the Christmas holidays. <laughs> Not I, in time for them. I suspect it's some kind of rights business. Sure. Like the a lot of the stuff that they've Disney ha- should just change the law like they usually do. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm sure they've made deals with various yes. people to get their films back and their yeah. content back that have probably all cleared in America but haven't cleared here yet. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm assuming it's something to do with. So, like, all the stuff they want to have on Disney Plus straight away. Ugh, we're back to the old days, aren't we, of things, all the, all the Disney things coming out in America ages before here. I mean, I just hope parity is restored, like, once the service is actually <laughs> I said out. parity. <laughs> parity is restored. Oh yeah, like, like some like a parrot. <laughs> no, yeah, I hope parrots are restored. No, all of this, the parrot bit notwithstanding, ties yeah. into the question that I was going to ask. Uh, you briefly did describe what your perception of Disney Plus is there in your preamble, mm. but that was sort of my question. Yeah. What do you want Disney Plus to be? What should uh-huh. it be? What cultural space well, ought, ought it occupy ideally and with that in mind what should they be making for it what would we like okay. to see from it well be, or, or above yes. and beyond what they've already see announced. those are different questions and i'll answer them both or at least well i'll, answer, I'll certainly answer one of them yeah. because what do i want them to do is not necessarily the same as what should they do like, yes and they would agree that there would be any sense in doing that yeah what here's what i would love them to do is yeah. netflix right you yeah. fire up netflix it says who's watching is it dave abby or the kids we yes. don't have any kids but that automatically pops up and if you put kids i don't know what that does i guess it takes you to all the cartoons and stuff and yeah. never tells you anything about any crime shows and stuff i want that yeah. i want you know is, is it the kids watching or is it connoisseurs? Yes. I want there to be a kids section that's all, you know, princess whatever her name is that that TV series is and stuff. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Princess and then it's like a normal girl's name and that's the... it's a co- so- Sophia? Yes, the first. The first. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And, you know, all your Star Warsy stuff. But yeah. 
I think if you want to watch The Mandalorian, you have to go to the adult section, right? Yeah. And in the adult section, it's Disney treasures in there. It's got all the Disney treasures in there. Okay. All those box sets that they brought out, they're all in there. Yeah, yeah. You've got the complete old cartoons and stuff. Like, okay, I get that they're not going to want to put Song of the South in, so I'll allow them not to put that in. Yeah, yeah. But, like, stuff like that. Stuff Dumbo that, one cut. <laughs> or just Dumbo. I can't, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, if we've discussed this before. If yeah, you cut, we have, yeah. If you cut the things you need to cut, there's nothing left. So Dumbo goes in there. Yeah. And it's, you know, parental guidance, isn't it? If someone wants their kids to be able to watch that, that's available. But, like, listener, I don't know if you were there for the Disney Treasures era, but, like, when DVDs were still exciting. When yeah. DVDs were for collectors. Yeah, yeah. And people were still buying VHS for all their everyday needs. Or yeah. the cheaper, like, full-frame DVDs, that sort of thing. They would bring out these prestige, uh, and they were in metal tins. Yes. Not, don't think Steelbook. It was before that. It was no, they a, were just tins. Yeah, it was, it was a normal DVD box, but in a silver tin. Yeah, and um, and it would be things like um, so. For example, I've got the one of the opening of Disneyland, like the TV broadcast right, yeah. of that. There was a there was a Mickey Mouse Club one. There yeah. was. Um, and I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but I, I think I, I have a Silly I... Symphonies one. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, we've got a Silly Symphonies one. Have not watched that. Why would you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice to have, though. Yeah, well, because we, we got a kind of a box set that had one of the Mickey ones, one of the Donald ones, yeah. and then a Silly Symphonies one. So it's like, yeah. funny, funny, boring. <laughs> <laughs> but academically interesting. Yes, exactly. And of yeah. course I would perfectly be able to watch them, and I would enjoy them, and so, but, I, yeah. but I haven't. We just watched Mickey and Donald. Yeah. Um, but um, they would all they would bring out all these rare things that it, and, and every single time you're like whoa I can't believe I'm going to be able to watch that and that they're bringing that out yeah I, I think I told this story on Sonic but then cut it out I'll tell yeah. it here if you've heard it before I apologise uh, my dad always when I was a kid used to mm. go on about yeah I've told you yeah about this film. Uh, called The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh. Yeah. Dr. Sin, The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh. It was a sort of hour and a half black and white 4 by 3 old film yeah. that I think w- play... In, back in the day when you went to the cinema and there were basically two films and you could dip in and out whenever you wanted to as long as you'd paid for the ticket. Yeah. This played along with Sword in the Stone. Yeah. But, you know, Dad was like, wait a minute, this is good, this Romney Marsh thing. Yeah. I th- That might not be correct, but <laughs> it's something like that. Anyway, it's the bloke from The Prisoner. Patrick McGowan? Yes. Yes. And he is basically it's it's the blueprint for the um there go the police. They're, <laughs> they're about to arrest me for telling this story again. Um it's the blueprint for stuff like Batman and things like that. Well, I suppose Batman would already exist, but it was the, but it comes from an older than that <laughs> yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a story about this lo- sort of local vicar who okay. by night puts a, a scarecrow mask on and goes around vigilanteing. So he's a heroic scarecrow vigilante. Vicar, yeah. I think what? so. <laughs> I think I haven't seen it. Right. And um Have you just made that plot synopsis up? No. And it's an old book and it and it like okay. actually genuinely is one of the, the touch points for the superhero genre that came up. Okay, again. interesting. I think. You guys look it up yourself. But anyway, um see the police are annoyed at my wrong facts now. <laughs> <clears throat> They're closing in. They brought this out as a Disney treasure, and it was ever so exciting because it wasn't just the hour and a half long black and white 4 by 3 film that my dad described it turns out that that was cut down ah. from three hour long episodes of widescreen colour TV wow from the 60s because they didn't have widescreen TV in those days of course yeah. but Disney like Walt himself was yeah. in charge of this one and he was just like ah let's look to the future let's just film it in colour widescreen why yeah. not 
It doesn't um, exist now, but it will. Yeah. yeah. So they did. And uh, so it, it was prime for releasing on a, on a Disney Treasures box set. The only thing is that nobody in the, would ever want it except <laughs> my dad and five other dads in the world. Yeah. Well, so this comes out and, I, and I'm like, great, he's having this. And I buy it and it doesn't arrive. And yeah. I paid £30 for it. It doesn't arrive. So I write to the DVD shop. It wasn't Amazon. I think it was one of these times when there was multiple Amazons. Yeah. And uh, and I wrote to them and I said, like, well, well, where is this? And they went, ah, yeah, we've run out. Uh, <laughs> but you've bought it. So, you know, we didn't know we were going to... We, we sort of thought that it was going to be like any DVD where you can just keep buying, you keep ordering it in. Yeah. Uh, it seems a bit scarce. We'll email you when it arrives again. Yeah. In the meantime, here's a refund. Yeah. And uh, I think I can't remember if they gave me a refund or not. Yeah. And it that was it. it, it, it the next day, it was two hundred pounds on eBay, and yeah. I should have bought it because now it's thousands. Right. And uh, or at least last time I checked, I've stopped checking. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. That was the last time the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh was released, and you can't you can't get it. Yeah. Whatever you can pirate it. It's up on Pirate Bay. Yeah. Unless they put it on Disney Plus. And if have they you do, checked whether they have? Let me just search for, like, Scarecrow, <laughs> yes, the... Romney Marsh. Yeah. Uh, here is someone saying they want it from Disney+. Plus. So okay. So that implies to me that both it and The Prince and the Pauper are not going to be on Disney+. Plus. Huh. I would have expected Prince and the Flipping Pauper on there. Yeah. If we're is... talking the Mickey one. Yeah. I suppose this brings us to the sort of whatever difference now exists between... Yeah what you just described yeah. and what it looks like it currently is. Which yeah. is sort of like, it's hard to exactly pin down what it is. From my perspective, it's definitely an impressive looking library oh, yeah. that I just have no choice but to subscribe to. <laughs> like, I don't. Like, for my interests and what I want out of life, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to need to be on there. And what are your what are the key things on there it, for, that drives this? It's just... Because I haven't really looked deeply into what's yeah. on there. I know The Mandalorian's on there. That's kind of all I know. Yeah. I mean, that... I mean, as a big Star Wars sure, fan, yeah. that on its we, own is... Obviously, we have to watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. And again, as a big Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, right. all those shows that are coming yeah. are tying in with that. Yeah. But above and beyond that, it's like... I can imagine getting very weary of those very quickly. More than Star Wars, for some reason. Maybe. But, well, quite Maybe above. because I already have experience of getting sick of Marvel TV shows on Netflix. Yeah, but these are going to be actually like the films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than just uh, in their own weird little I guess, yeah. bubble that no one's really paying any attention to. I but, suppose, but I kind of preferred... I li- What I liked about the Netflix ones was yeah. that they weren't like those boring old films we have to keep watching every flipping year. Until they got into their own rot. Well, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the thing. That yeah. was. It, I'm talking about the exciting promise of series one of Daredevil, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's like Netflix, though. Yeah. You're watching those for the same reason you watch a new show on Netflix. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's an exciting new thing, potentially maybe based on something you already know. Yep. Maybe not. That's not what seems unique about Disney Plus compared to Netflix to me. Uh-huh. Like, right now, what they're selling seems to be a weird confluence between the Disney Channel, which is what you described in a previous episode as, it's basically the Disney tap in your house for the family. Like, this is the delivery system through which we will pump Disney into 
your family's life, thus keeping you all on the hook. I've been thinking recently about... Um... Uh, me and Abby, as you know, have been watching the listeners don't have been watching some Adams Family recently. Yes, uh, and before that, some Star Trek. And these these are things that used to be on at t- family tea time on yeah. the BBC when I was a kid. And I've been thinking about what is the equivalent of that now, and I'm kind of coming up short because it's like you know, there's just Strictly and stuff. There's reality TV type stuff, but there's yeah. very little story based television you can safely watch at tea time with your family. This will provide a limitless source of that. Yeah, and that's... I suppose that's kind of part of what the Disney Channel was in the first... I, I don't know, I suppose, what people's relation. I've never had the Disney Channel, so I've never known yeah. what the family's relationship with that it is That was going to, to be, be my answer, actually, now that you bring it up. Yes, when I was a kid, listener, and we only had four channels, listener, and <laughs> then they started... You know, the rumours were going around about satellite television and the richest people you'd ever heard of started to get a satellite dish on their house for the first time. (laughs) There was this Disney Channel, and I was very excited, because I imagined that it was going to be like, well, you can watch the Disney films whenever you want. Like, let's turn it... Oh, look what's on. Lady and the Tramp. Look what's on. The Jungle Book. All those things. I do not believe that's what it turned out to be. No, it's sort of its own weird little area, isn't it? I think it was like Sister Sister and stuff. It was all that kind of... Not that. Not that, but that sort of thing. The odd, chirpy kids live-action sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, as an adult now, faced with the re-emergence of what does seem to be my concept of what the Disney Channel was, I have my misgivings now about whether I want it. Because if I think back to what I thought about the Disney Channel, let's say we'd got that and my parents had forked over the money and we had got the Disney Channel. Yeah. And we could watch The Jungle Book or Lady and the Tramp when it was on. Yeah. Well, the reason why I wanted to watch those films was because I had them on video. (laughs) That's why they were my favourite cartoon films. And, like, back in those days... Yeah. And this is not so much the case now, but in those days, having a video was in and of itself... It's difficult to explain if you weren't there. It was a treat. It was a prize. It yeah. almost didn't matter what was on the video. If you owned a video, you were automatically excited, yeah. if only temporarily, by the contents. Yeah. And so to have the Jungle Book video, especially in a, a an official one, in a box, yeah. to have the Alice in Wonderland video... That made it a part of your life and your world, and you have memories attached to it the day you got it, what family member got it for you, all of that sort of thing. If you just had it on tap, it suddenly wouldn't matter anymore. Like, Netflix doesn't matter anymore. Will I ever watch the next series of Stranger Things? Don't know. Or like PlayStation Plus games don't count. Yeah. Even though what I'm getting is stuff that I like or am excited about or yeah. have been looking forward to. But because it's on tap, it doesn't fundamentally matter and I never get round to it. Hmm. And so there's a little bit of me that's worried that Disney Plus is going to be the devaluation of the classic Disney library that they thought VHS would be when that first came out. Yeah, I kind of doubt it at this point. Yeah. You can't devalue it fully, but... I feel like the next generation of kids aren't going to care anymore about Pinocchio or whatever the way we did. It depends on what Disney Plus is seen as, I suppose, because yeah. it's like, because it's either that it's the Disney Channelification of yeah. all of Disney's content, of the good stuff, yeah, or it is a subscription service that gives you access to the vault. Yeah, it gives you access to all of that stuff. It gives you access to the Scarecrow of 
Rodney Marsh. Ro- Rod- I was going to say Rodney Marsh. <laughs> That's a person, I think. I think he's a football commentator. Rodney Marsh, really? <laughs> um, but Is like, he a vigilante by night? D- unconfirmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Quite a yeah. legitimately good sports-based comic strip idea. <laughs> if, if, if only that was a more recent reference. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just a scarecrow of Rodney Marsh. <laughs> that someone's made, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, there it well, is. We'll, yeah, we'll workshop this idea. Yeah. I think we're onto something, but yeah. I don't know what. We'll pitch it to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> and Rodney Marsh. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, right. imagine then instead that it is perceived less that it's, oh, I just have a bunch of stuff on tap. <laughs> And more of it's like, I pay for maintained access to the yeah. vast repository of all the things Disney made. Well, this is the thing. It's how to... It, it, it all depends on the layout, how they present it. Yeah. I don't know how to... The subtle mechanics of a user interface can be used to make the films feel like they matter. As like they're part of just, a library or part of a museum right. yeah. rather than rather part just of... Put something down a well. Yeah, exactly. And something in a great big bucket. And, and honestly, I can think of one way, and I disagree with them doing it. And that's the vault. That's yeah. cycle what's available. Make but, it an event when the Little Mermaid comes up and stuff. And like, I don't, that's, that goes, that's what I don't want them to do. I want this to be access to the vault. But I know I would be more excited by that than I would be by access to the vault in my heart of hearts. But... If it just cycled in and out of availability, are you going to actually perceive that as any different from when a film becomes available and then unavailable on Netflix? Well, kind of, because when that happens on Netflix, I should, but I don't anticipate that it'll go away. So I go like, oh, I'll get around to watching that, cool. And then by the time I do, it's gone, and I'm livid. Yeah, every time. (laughs) Whereas if there was a very clear, like, and I think they should do this on Netflix, frankly, is put a little number underneath the thing of how long it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Disney, and again, I don't approve of this, (laughs) but if Disney, this is the thing, I'm a... Let me give you another example. The Steam sale. The Steam Christmas sale. There was a time when the Steam Christmas sale was one of the highlights of the year. Yeah. Like, for me, it was so exciting. And that was because every day there would be a new game that day. Or maybe it was a few games or something. I can't remember. But it was like an advent calendar. Yeah. Every day of the Steam Christmas sale, there'd be something else that day. And you had to go, ooh, will I get this one? Is this... I've allowed myself a certain number of five pounds that I can spend on this Steam sale. Is this one of them? Or should I hold on just in case my favourite game... It was like an advent calendar. You opened it every day to see what there was. And then one year, yeah. they just went... You, We're just going to tell you from day one what they all are. Yeah. And I've... That's it. It was so famous that we're all bankrupting ourselves on Steam. Yeah. There was a picture that always came out of like... It was like a dark cartoon that someone had drawn of Goofy. Yeah, but they changed yeah. it into Steam and My Wallet and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. When was the last time you heard anyone get excited about the Steam Christmas it's, sale? It's not something I hear talked about in the same no. way anymore. But I don't know if that's just in our enclave. The, yeah, okay, that's true. But anyway, uh, so at least with me, yeah, the setup of what the Steam sale used to be forced me into buying games I didn't want or care about yeah. because they were cheaper and today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now it's just, here's a load of games, you fancy any of them? And you go, because uh, yeah. it doesn't matter. That's what I'm worried will happen to Disney's. my favourite films. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's almost happened a bit, like, just by, just with age and availability, like, you know, I've got a Blu-ray collection on a shelf over there and I never watch any of it. Yeah. Whereas I used to watch them, you know, multiple times a week if I could. And that was because I was a child. <laughs> 
But like, I, I want that back. Yeah. And I want something to trick me into getting it back. And if yeah. it was this thing of like, you've got this amount of time, it's on. Because I tell you what I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of telly. I'm thinking yeah. of when something was on. So everyone got excited in the run up to it, ringed it in the Radio Times and yeah. watched it. Do you remember Christmas TV? That's what the Christmas Steam sale was. I've just realized. Yeah. That's what that emulated and made me feel again. And that's why I dropped all that money on stuff. I've still not played 10 years later. Yeah. If only there was something like that again. But I will not subscribe to. But, I found out recently that I simply don't have access to television yeah. when uh, Abby's dad came over and was wondering if he could watch the rugby and it turned out the answer is no. I don't have access to ITV and I didn't know that. Yeah. Because that's how little I care about TV now. Yeah. Because of Netflix. Anyway. <laughs> there needs to be a way that things are released. Yeah. You know what I mean? That There's that sense of excitement that comes with the release of something. Yes. I, I, yes. I suppose. And, uh, and that will happen eventually, yeah. but once Disney Plus is established, then Frozen 2 showing up on it is going to be that. Yeah. But, like, I, there was excitement on that day that they were tweeting out 400 films there or was, whatever, yes. one by one. Yes. And they've got enough still uh, left over to do that again. Yeah, and admittedly, when I was seeing all those films and shows and stuff like yeah. that in that list, it did feel sort of exciting again. Oh, yeah. I was looking at that thread and thinking, like... Oh wow, Star Wars! I was like, yeah, I own Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> like I can watch Star Wars literally whenever. But it's like, yeah, but they just tweeted that it's going to be coming out. <laughs> they said again. the word Star Wars. <laughs> what? No, what they said is Star Wars is coming out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Star Wars is in some by some definition of the words unavailable and coming, but coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, whoa, that's exciting. And of course, it's not in any sense unavailable no. to me now. No. And its presence on Disney Plus will not make it any more available. But like, but the thing that, that I thought was particularly exciting about the stuff they were announcing in that thread was uh -huh. some of it did feel like it was settling into that yes. scarecrow of Rodney it, Marsh. It, it did, didn't it? Yeah. There was some Territory, yeah. I can't remember them now, but that's kind of the point. There was stuff yeah. on there I'd never heard of. Yeah, like... That's old 60s random films. Yeah, like the, the Apple Dumpling the Gang. Apple, no, I know that one. The Apple Dumpling Gang rides again or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or or Mr. Boogity. <laughs> is Mr. Boogity on there? Yeah. Then I'm subscribing. Right, you actually know what Mr. Boogity is. Basically, no. <laughs> so, when I, was, <laughs> when I was seven or eight years old, yeah. <clears throat> I was in school with a boy called Mitchell. Called and, Mitchell Boogity. <laughs> and Mitchell... Was a uh, I don't remember his second name, but he was a. It was Boogity. I think of him as American, but he wasn't. Yeah. There was just something from somewhere else about him. I think he'd I think he'd moved to the area recently, and he quickly moved away again. Yeah. I don't know what Mitchell's deal was. Was he a ghost? What if he was a ghost? <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> Mitchell told me about a film called Mister Boogity. Yeah. And and he was like, yeah, there's a film called Mister Boogity. I'm like. Really? Yeah, I saw it at the weekend. Yeah, it was on TV. Well, I didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, it was, you should have seen it. Yeah, it was about a bloke who's like, boogity. I'm like, <laughs> no, hang on. No, hang on. Now, American listeners <laughs> might recognise that boogity is kind of a ghosty sort of word. Yeah. But that is a quite American 
way of making a ghostly sound. And, yeah. And if not, I certainly had never heard the like. So yeah. there was no spooky... It was just like he might as well have said, like, oh, yeah, his name's Mr. Bibbibbibbibbibbibbib. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? There is not a film called Mr. Boogity. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there is. It's like, it's a bloke who goes like, boogity, 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 boogity. <laughs> Boogity, boogity, boogity. That's what he does. He goes, boogity, boogity, boogity. So I'm like, what? This, so this guy is walking around going, boogity, boogity, boogity. And he's like, yeah. And he starts doing, you know, like he's tilting his head around. He's waggling his arm, his elbows out. And they say, boogity, boogity, boogity. And it's like, okay. And he then was like, I don't know how he worded this, but he the sentiment was, I tell you what, I'll be, the only way I can really teach you this, Dave, yeah. is in the form of playground game. Right. So I'll be Mr. Boogity. <laughs> and you just be you. So I'm walking around. Just walking around the playground, yeah. and he would occasionally go boogity 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 boogity, and he would come out and go boogity boogity boogity. Yeah. So I go home trying to puzzle this out, and I yeah. say to my dad, like deeply troubled, Dad, your your Wikipedia as a parent, <laughs> you're you have access in your brain to all information. Yeah. Plus, in your day, like university education was actually quite good, and you <laughs> do seem to know most things. And to this day, the pair of you can just identify plants and stuff. So, so. With your infinite 1980s parent knowledge, is there a film called Mr. Boogity? And he's like, no. (laughs) But go on. What's the premise of the film? Well, it's about a man who goes boogity, boogity, boogity. He's like, no. (laughs) Unlikely. And I said, yeah, but it was on at the weekend. He says, well, I know how we can settle this. Let's look in the Radio Times for the weekend. And sure enough, there it was. Mr. Boogity. So ever since then... When, like, you know, a few years ago when I realised I'm now in the age of you can find out anything, any yeah. information that you've conspicuously <laughs> been lacking throughout your life. And I looked it up, and as far as I can tell, it's about a man who goes boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm desperate to watch it. Well, they've got your, whatever, eight pounds a month, don't they? I mean... So you can maintain constant 24-hour access to Mr. <laughs> He will never again escape your grasp. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, I'm yeah. genuinely interested in seeing Mr. Boogity. Yeah. And the Apple Dumpling Gang rides again because we watched that at a school. They you a do understand now, because yes. of this podcast, we now have to do a Mr. Boogity review special. Oh yeah, oh let's. <laughs> no, but I, oh, that's great. Like you're saying it like it's a threat. No, I'm, I'm saying it like it is the inevitability that yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, 100%. <laughs> of course I want to do a Mr. Boogity episode. Yeah. We should watch it together and, like, record that and it'd be, like, a fan commentary. Yeah, of what is this. Yeah. If you are a listener, by the way, and you are... If you are Dave friend Mitchell, for example, or if you are oh, anyone yeah. else who actually... Oh, Mitchell, get in touch. <laughs> Where are you from? Sure, no. If, Mi- if Mitchell's listening, get in touch, but don't get in touch to tell us what Mr. Boogity oh, is. Oh, God, no. Like, well, he's already explained in great depth what Mr. Boogity is. So Mitchell, <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> he he probably currently works at like you know Disney marketing. Yeah, because he's what if <laughs> what if this whole thing is his idea <laughs> as a way to show the world that yes, Mr. <laughs> Boogity is real. He's remembered. He's got the scar, yeah, the yeah. psychological scar of me just not believing him. Yeah. And he's like, right, I'll show him. <laughs> I'll and he's show- worked his way up through corporate at Disney. <laughs> I'll show you, Mr. Boogity. <laughs> like, literally, through yeah. a streaming service. Yeah. When all he had to do was, like, come round my house with a video of it, I would have watched that any day in the last 
30 years with him. When, when, where was he going to obtain a video of it? It might be on, I don't know, it might be on video. I've never seen it. Maybe it's really famous. I don't know. Maybe. So yeah, but it, but anyway, it is films like that that I've mentioned it before. The one I always go to, Blackbeard's Ghost, because I had a book of it, found at a jumble sale, poured tea right down my leg there, (laughs) currently trying to rub it off, and have never seen the film. It's Peter Ustinoff. He's great in Robin Hood. Yeah. I want to watch Blackbeard's Ghost, and I bet it's on Disney+. And if it ain't, I bet it's going to be. Yeah, that's it. There's a whole lot of stuff that they're adding there that's, like, just random vaults. And not even vault stuff. Mm. Like, just stuff from their history that you wouldn't have thought that anyone would even remember. Well, that's it. That, that But that's the thing. There's a lot of it that's... There's a lot of it that's got this status because it, it, nobody really cares about it. Yeah. And... Is this a way? Have they got a way? Is this just going to be like Netflix? Or is there going to be some kind of interface? Do we know? Have you seen what the UI looks like yet? I've only seen screenshots and it looks Netflixy, but seen, like I don't... I think it needs to be more than that, and I don't know what I mean by that. And, yeah. and it needs to be innovative in that iPod way. It needs to be like, yeah, you thought you already had a device for this, but check it out. Yeah. It, that's what Disney Plus needs, and a way to distribute these films and make us care about them. Yeah. In ways that, you know, it's a gimme that we'll watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. But why should I watch, you know, the original Shaggy Dog or yeah. whatever? And there is a way. Or the the Shaggy Lawyer or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> like, that was a real That's film. real, is it? Yeah. Is it on Disney Plus? Yes. yes. That's how I found out. There uh. seems to be a film in the Shaggy Dog series where oh. the shaggy dog becomes... I think it's a lawyer. Well, no, been... isn't the shaggy lawyer? No, I think it might have been the shaggy DA. No, it's the shaggy lawyer because he points to Shaggy and says it wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but a district attorney could do that as well. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So that's fine. I'm not, like, if I've had a stroke and I've made this <laughs> film up, then feel free to... A stroke edit, of the shaggy dog. If you f- feel free to edit this out and then call the hospital. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to edit everything else out except you being wrong about this. <laughs> and that'll be an episode of Frivolous Business. Well, just me making up the concept of the shaggy legal professional of some description. Yes. I think it's DA in retrospect. Okay. But I don't know. Once again, who knows what, what these films are? What if it's PI? That'd be good. Yeah. The okay. shaggy. Wait a minute. I assume that the premise of the Shaggy, whatever, is that they turn into a dog. I think so. Shaggy private investigator. That'd be great. Imagine that'd, that. That'd be a real boon to his business, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be a real bone <laughs> to his business. But the presence of films like this, yeah. it suggests a certain otherness to what Netflix is. Right. Because Netflix is notoriously quite bad for making any sort of oldish films available at all, mm, really, beyond yes. a tiny handful. Yes, of... true. But then that raises the question of, so what is Disney Plus doing in having these films there? Because I've seen criticism of it uh-huh. from multiple different angles. It's weird and it's interesting and it opens up interesting areas of conversation. I've seen people criticise it of like, this is Disney's way of padding out the library of their new service by shoveling out hundreds and hundreds of rightly forgotten films of theirs just to give mm. them another way of, yep. of having relevance again. My response to that is sort of like, well, isn't it good that they're making like films that people might not have seen, but many of which are quite famous, available again, mm-hmm. and giving us stuff that's a bit different. And I suppose not all of these are classic films, but like, 
Yeah, but sure. I, like, I'm interested to see the absent-minded professor, which I haven't seen. And yeah. I, I bet that'll be on here before too I, Yeah, I, I bet it is. Yeah. But what, so is it that? Is it just them, you know, stocking stuffing with, like, just yeah. a whole bunch of their essentially shovelware? I don't think it'll just be that. Because if they are, on day three of Disney+, Plus, yeah. everyone will know that. Yeah, it will be famous how, how like how desperate you have to be for content to watch this stuff. Yeah, like oh here I am watching Apple Dumpling Gang again <laughs> because that's what Disney Plus is, and they yeah. can't risk that. So no. they'll have all sorts of other stuff up their sleeve. Yeah. So there was that criticism from that direction, yeah. but then there was the one from the pretty much opposite direction of like if they've got that stuff there. on there. What did you just say? T Foley there. Oh, okay, right. I, I thought you just said Mr. Boogity. Boogity, boogity. Boogity, 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 boogity. So, yeah, you've got that criticism from that angle. And then from what I perceive to be the exact opposite direction is people saying, okay, well, if you've got that content and those films, why haven't you also got this other stuff like Song of the South Yeah. that is also part of history that kind of... This, the sort of argument that, like, if you are intending Disney Plus to be, a, a, like, a sort of a comprehensive document of, like, everything Disney have produced, how come you're covering up bits? Mm. And do they therefore have a moral responsibility to show everything warts and all? Right. Or do they have a moral responsibility to cover up those bits? Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. I mean, that's a question. Like, I... It's... Well, honestly, it is. The more I think on it, the more it's difficult because it's it's that whole question again of what is Disney? Is Disney like a corporation that needs to be held accountable for all of its actions over mm-hmm. you know the period of time during which it's existed, or is it a creative collective oh, yeah. who have obviously the right to curate yeah. their own body of work and dictate to us at any given time? which of their work actually represents them. And back to the idea of having a deeper levels, you know, the family yeah. area of Disney Plus, and then the, let's say, perhaps slightly more expensive... Historical mm, con- area. Connoisseur area for yeah. adults and people getting all academic about it. Because you could have, like, interesting documentaries on there that are... Yeah. That aren't just like, you know, talking heads saying how good a Disney film was, but is yeah. actually about topics around it. That Obi Works documentary and stuff. But Disney have never not really shown that level of interest in... Not in a long time. They, they did during the Treasures era. Yeah. So there's always hope for me that it could ebb and flow and we yeah. could go back to that. But I don't see that happening anytime soon near the launch of Disney+. Plus. So. Because it's not like there's nothing questionable on the service. Like... Mm-hmm. Oh, what's, what's on there? Like, the, way, the one that I saw in an article, like, pointing out, I was like, that's a dodgy one, is it was a... Basically, a specific nature documentary they did, like uh, well, the Lemmings one. Yeah, the Lemmings one. Wow, really? Yeah, that's on the one where they murdered all the Lemmings on camera. Yeah, thus oh. popularizing the myth that they yes. commit suicide when, in fact, the documentarians just murdered them all. So that is a great example because that's exactly the sort of thing we're interested in seeing. Yeah, I'd love like, to see that as a historical documentary. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I just really love to see Lemmings being murdered. <laughs> <laughs> By the Walt Disney Corporation. Um, yeah, but yeah, as a as a historical and as an academic thing to to examine, I would love that. Yeah. And apparently, I don't have to. Would apparently it is. Yeah. So great, I will watch that then. But like, it's that's weird. That yeah. Chosen a famously wrong and immoral piece of film to be put on there. Yeah. And especially if I don't know, but I a hundred percent assume that they are going. 
we're for families, you can trust us with this. And yet here is something that's definitely presenting itself as an educational film. That's yeah. literally what it was supposed to be. That's been completely debunked, famously, yeah. and is lies. Yeah, murderous lies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Disney... Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, they're going to have to say something about that, aren't they? Yeah, and obviously then this isn't even getting into the whole debate of like, now that they own Fox, yeah. and now yeah. that the Fox stuff is all mixed in there, yeah. what's their responsibility to represent Fox's back catalogue? Yeah. Especially given this edict that they have for Disney+, Plus that they're not putting like, you know, what Americans call R-rated content on yeah. there at all. Oh, right, right. So it's like... I didn't know that, but I assumed it. Yeah, but then... What about the Alien movies? Uh, yeah. Say, like, what should be the digital future of those yeah. films? Because presumably they're not going to let them go on other services. But what if someone wants to stream Aliens? Yeah. Should Disney Plus be the place where that's done? And if not, then... Feels like no, doesn't it? I don't, yeah. I don't really want that to be where... Even if it's me, I don't really want to watch Aliens on... On Disney+. Disney, Plus. yeah. Yeah. But then... But I do want Aliens to be freely available. Yeah. So where do they put that? Currently, what's the answer? So you can buy it on Blu-ray, I assume. Yeah. You can probably buy it on iTunes. I guess, presume. yeah. That's where people buy stuff, isn't it? I don't yeah. know. I'm a, I'm a disc man myself. Yeah. Um, Not in the... 90s I am sense. a disc man. Yes. Yeah, right, okay. um, and if only the listener could see my hinged, <laughs> flappy jaw as I talk. Um, did they have a hinged, flappy jaw? I think I, let's say yes. Yeah. Don't think they'd invented those sucky slots yet. Sucky slots. Let's move were, on were, from were, that phrase. They were, they, they were released by uh, Swizzles. <laughs> Good save. Thank now, let, but let's press on. <laughs> Uh, to what? I can't remember what I was talking about. You oh, were... where, yeah, where is Alien currently available? So yeah. it, uh, so that we can keep an eye and find out if it goes away from there. Because... Yeah. Because I don't know if it's on Netflix, say. I don't know. No, I would, I would feel like I would know if it was. And obviously now it is not permitted to be there anymore. Uh-huh. So, yeah, do all of Fox's many, many decades of movies for adults... Yeah disappear down a hole. I did see, for example, that apparently since Disney bought Fox, it's been a lot harder for, like, smaller cinemas to do yes. screenings of them. Yes. You know, like, there'd be a cinema that regularly did screenings of... It might have been Alien or whatever. I think whatever. it might have been, yeah. Something, or, or Predator or Predator something, like, or something that, yeah. like that. And then suddenly, Disney are making it super hard for them to do that. Yeah. So it's like... Well, I remember the, the, the one that they focused on that I saw was Rocky Horror. Right. Apparently that's Fox, which yeah. I never knew, so I can't corroborate that. But yeah. that is a film that literally, it's not really worth watching as a film. It's four <laughs> live showings. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. And that is now, people have have had to cancel at least one. I don't know. I, there was a clickbaity sure. article about it. Maybe it's only happened once, but maybe it's an example. Yeah. It's certainly the sort of film that if you were in charge of Disney Plus as a brand, yeah. you would want to go away for a while, isn't it? Yeah. But then where should it go? Yeah. Should Disney have... Like, I mean, they do own Hulu as well. We don't have that here. No. That would be an acceptable solution to me. Yeah. Like... Hulu is the everything else depository. Yeah. And, but then make Hulu available everywhere. Yeah. Do you see what I mean mm. about it being much more difficult to define what Disney Plus ought to be? Much yeah. to a much greater degree than it is to, like, say, like, 
oh, what should be on HBO Max or whatever. Yeah. With that, it's just like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> well, whatever they want to put on it, who I cares? I'm starting like, to then imagine a future for Disney Plus as something between the Netflix model and the satellite TV model, cable TV model, where it's like, mm. you've got Disney Plus. What what in Disney Plus have you got? Are you yeah. subscribed to Disney Kids? Disney Family? Are you subscribed to Disney Treasures? Are you subscribed to, I don't know, Fox Classics? Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't want that. No. This is the thing. The difference here, that, that, that and this is the problem with thinking about this, is that there's two different concepts you can come up with there's what you want it to be and there's what it could be yeah and the, you know because the reality is that it's only going to be something that's like makes capitalist sense yeah and that is nothing like what would be good <laughs> and what we'd like yeah which i mean actually when it comes to disney nothing like isn't really correct but yeah it's different it's like i i do actually you know even taking the sort of the selling you a thing aspect yeah. out of it I do understand the idea of, like, wanting to curate something so it's something you could say is a coherent thing, Mm -hmm. rather than just like, here's a big mass of everything. Yeah. Because the big mass of everything model is, that's a nightmare to try and manage what it is you're telling people that that is. I don't think that's why Disney would launch a service. Mm -hmm. So they can say, yeah, we're the Disney random buffet, like... Maybe Little Mermaid will be on here one month. Maybe Star Wars will be on here one month. Maybe Alien will be on here one month. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's not what they're interested in doing. It's like, because it's they're this company that sell themselves on the idea of, we are the world's number one entertainment company with a coherent sense of our history. Yeah. And a constantly evolving version of our history that we're going to sell you as a whole thing. Their streaming service has to be that as well. Yeah. But because they're so huge and multifaceted, how do you summarize what Disney are culturally in a single streaming package yeah. that makes sense and that <laughs> ticks the boxes of anyone who'd want to subscribe to it? Like, what I can gather from what they've offered mm-hmm. is they are sticking relatively close to the idea of like Disney on tap and when we say Disney we mean what we mean when we say Disney and that's subject to change you know it's just going to be a curated version of what we think we would like you to think of right now when you think of all the stuff that we offer which is to say it's all the Pixar movies, it's all the Disney movies, it's all of Star Wars with new Star Wars, it's all of Marvel with new Marvel it's, you know, National Geographic stuff. It's it's The Simpsons, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, all that's going to be on there. They've just announced today, literally, as of recording, that, like, Avatar's going to be on there. <laughs> you know, James Cameron's yes. Avatar, because obviously that's their property now as yeah. well. And they're obviously going to want to set that up yeah. for the future as another big one of their things that you think of as, oh, that's a Disney series. Right. But that opens the door to that question of like, okay, so now you've started to answer the question, what are you going to do with the Fox catalogue? Assuming that's yeah. a Fox film. So the appearance of Avatar, to yeah. me, is the vast, cavernous, yawning lack of all the other Fox films. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I mean, the you know, the presence of The Simpsons was also mm. an advert for that as well. You know, it's like... I suppose so. I mean, just on, on on a basic level, like, on this service that like, has all the Star Wars movies and all of the uh, Marvel movies, you know what would be a perfect thing to put on there, just from a basic, like, audience perspective? All the X-Men movies. 
Yeah. But they're not going to do that, are they? Because they're going to want to launch. They? Oh, well, they're going to want to launch their own X Men oh, series God, in a few yes. years, aren't oh, they? Oh, weird. And they're not going to. I don't think they're going to want to put all the Hugh Jackman X Men huh. movies on there. But then, what should happen to those? How should anyone view them? Well, there, I think there's room for them to do that because there's room for them to put up the absent-minded professor and Flubber on the same service. There's room for them to put up Hugh Jackman X-Men and whatever Disney X-Men emerges, Marvel X-Men. Like, I think that they can... In, in future, yes. Well, I think that they can coexist as long as it's clear that, like, these are old and these are new. and like. I think it's going to be a long time before they feel yeah. secure I think you're right. with that. Yeah. To do that, because though you know they made like I don't know ten million of those films, and they're yes, that's very right. I'm forgetting that they basically made them up till what last year or something. The, this year, yeah. Um, I, I think of X Men as like, well, that's twenty years old. So I mean, it is, and <laughs> they made them up until this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's technically still one that hasn't come out yet. What? That New Mutants film that's been like, they, it was meant to come out like two years ago, and it's oh. just in a bin somewhere. <laughs> um, the Disney bit. The Disney Plus bin? This, this is the yeah. other thing. Disney Plus are in a position to, uh, like, like with Netflix, they're already showing they're going to make original TV series. They can make original films on the scale of Marvel yeah. films or any Disney film yeah. just for their service. And that, like, is why you buy... If they, I mean, look, if they, they're not going to, but imagine if Frozen 2 was a Disney Plus exclusive yeah. and that full stop, no cinema release, nothing. Obviously, they're not going to do that. But it would mean every family on Earth had to buy Disney Plus. Sure, well, I mean, and there'll be a future one. Of that's them. what the Mandalorian is to yeah. some degree. That's what the you know that's part of what they want these new um, Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows to be yeah. like. You know, TV shows that are genuinely part of this movie franchise that is like the biggest movie franchise going that will from this point on be seen as like. No, the, this is actually part of the story. Yeah. If you want to find out what's happening with all the characters, yeah, you kind of got to watch these shows as well because we're going to make those to the same standard and presumably on a comparable budget and production values level. Like, you know, on a sort of related note, you can call the live-action remakes a series mm -hmm. of a sort now. Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. That's going to Disney be on... Disney Plus exclusive, Disney right? Plus exclusive. Yeah. Disney Plus is the perfect place for those films, like, way more than the cinema is. I was going to say that when we were pondering the question of, like, what ought they to be making yeah. for Disney Plus. I say, yeah, especially now that they've run through all the big ones, Yeah, just make the rest on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's the perfect venue for them. I don't need to see this bloody Emma Stone Cruella de Vil movie that they're technically <laughs> still making what? on In of Cinema. I haven't heard anything about that. Apparently, it I mean, since I initially heard it existed, I yeah, think. I believe that it's a still a thing. See, that, that is perfect Disney Plus content, yeah. isn't it? And something that I don't think is acceptable to put into a cinema, <laughs> but like, why not? I just will listen to the idea again. <laughs> <laughs> the other things about Disney Plus that I like so far is that it does look like it could become home to a whole bunch of things that currently just don't have a suitable home, but should have. Mm -hmm. Like the, all the Disney afternoon TV shows. I was just about to get there. Yes, I was just about to say, what I really want out of Disney Plus is a revival of that way of thinking about TV animation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it not, not that it's ever gone away. I mean, DuckTales right now is great. Yeah. Uh, and I would say things like Tangled as well. Mm-hmm. 
I want that. I want that to be a whole... I want a stream of content that's just that. I want a new Aladdin animated series. And if Disney Plus makes it easier, do it there. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if doing it makes Disney Plus sellable, do that. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I really feel like there's a... I can't really see... I can imagine corporate not thinking that that's a particularly lucrative idea, but I can't think of a family that wouldn't benefit from it yeah. in some way that is a cartoon watching family in any way. Like, well, I think it's a good thing on its own, just that they got they're putting all the old stuff on there. They are, yeah, great. They are like, oh, all, that's great. All that stuff, like, and and then you know, like the gargoyles of this yeah. world, and the, you know, the nineties X Men show, yeah, and the nineties Spider Man show, as far as I'm aware, you know, stuff like that that. You know, that really ought to be on tap somewhere. Yeah. And previously, I guess some tangle of rights has made it hard for uh, that to happen. Maybe. Like, or and it, it, Honestly, it could just have been indifference. I mean, where, yeah. where do you put it? I can't believe... I'd be so surprised if there was genuine indifference to the idea of like, oh yeah, Gargoyles, well, well you know, that, that shouldn't be anywhere. Or the 90s X-Men show, yeah, that shouldn't be anywhere. No, obviously, those are things that should be somewhere... And there would be obvious demand for. And I'm glad Disney Plus is coming up and making an obvious home for them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it feels like it's precluding an obvious home for this other stuff. Like I say, like Alien or the X-Men movies. And I don't quite understand what the solution to that is. Other than another service that yeah. we then have to subscribe to separately. Well, this is the trouble, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about how now we're essentially returning to a cable TV model. Uh, model where, yeah, you have to pick your packages and your channels and... Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's becoming overwhelming psychologically and financially. Yeah. And it really is. And Disney Plus... Now I'm now on board with Disney Plus, and I feel like because yeah, of Mr. Boogity, because of Mr. Boogity, and I, I, I kind of want that, but that's because it has its own identity. Yeah. But there are other things where, for what I, I would, ha- there are you know one series that I want that's on this or that service. Yeah, and my response is not to purchase the service and just not to watch the thing. Agreed. Yeah, but then like I am missing something. Then I am. Mm. And it's a shame because it'd be nice if there was some easy way of putting all these together. And goodness me, someone probably is going to strike a deal, and you'll buy a package with them, and it'll have all of the, it'll have Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu in it, and and we are back to cable TV then. Yeah, I just think that, quite frankly, the rate that these services are being announced, mm-hmm. I cannot see an outcome here that doesn't lead to a bloodbath yeah. in a couple of years. Not all of these services are going to survive. It's just impossible. No. People can't spend that much money and people no. won't. Like, they won't. It's just, the, as you say, financially. Yeah. It's insanity and people won't, people won't stand for it now that everyone's been weaned off the cable model. Yeah, exactly. I've seen a lot of conversation about how the ultimate outcome of all of this, which is already being seen apparently, mm. is just a rise in piracy. Yeah, because you can't be asked. It like no. Well, after a certain point, the the burden that they're asking of you, all these different companies with all these different streaming services, just tips the balance and outweighs how much you care about pirating. Yeah, and that you know, I remember when you first got uh, Netflix, you said it yeah. redefined convenience in, yeah. in terms of watching things on on TV, and I completely yeah. agree with that. Like, if something is on a streaming service like Netflix. 
that I that I have. Yeah. I would never want to you know pirate Why that would thing. You? Yeah. All the effort to yeah. go to to all of that you know download TV series. But if there's any one corporate move that's pushed my little needle, yeah. it's the Mandalorian mm, because yeah. that is something that is must watch TV. Yeah. There's no way I can not watch that. And apparently, there's no way I can legally watch it. Yeah, that's it's just not going to be available in the UK. No, until <laughs> long after we. What long do you after say? it's been completely ruined, <laughs> which is the day it comes out. Yeah, this went on to famously happen. We know now that when something comes out that we care about at all, you are then in a constant battle. I've learned a kind of old coma unseeing. I'll just you know I'll scroll past on Twitter and I'll unsee things that like spoilers that I see. And I have a bad enough memory that that's enough for me. Yeah. I know people who uninstall all their social media until they've watched the thing. Yeah. And it's like, who are you kidding with this? Not bringing out... It, the Star Wars fans have been waiting more than my whole life yeah. for a TV series about what might be Boba Fett. I don't know if yeah. it is or if it's Django or what it, it is. It may as well be Boba it Fett. Might, yeah, yeah, and that's the point. And yeah. I don't think they... Have they explicitly said if it is or not? The messaging is explicitly that it isn't. But he's... A Boba Fett type He's a character. Boba Fett. It's, yeah, it's another one. He's got the same costume. Yeah. He's he's exactly the same. And because yeah. he never takes his helmet off, we all are allowed to pretend. Yeah. Or, or it'll turn out Boba Fett is like 007 and anyone could be <laughs> it. Or you know, there'll be something. To yeah. But Star Wars fans have been waiting for that my whole life and a bit longer. Yeah. No, they will not just no. wait and or, or wait for the spoilers or whatever. Like... An indeterminate amount of time as well. Yeah, we don't know yet. You don't even have a day. That's what I mean, basically. I'm struggling to... Sometimes a corporate manoeuvre will happen that's tantamount to saying, this might as well be permission to pirate our thing. exactly. Like when, let's say, a game comes out and the pirated version works and the real version doesn't because the servers won't connect or whatever. That happens often enough. Yeah. This is... The loudest one of those I've heard in a long time where it's like, we're releasing this content, we're releasing it in an inconvenient place where yeah. if you're a family, that you'll cancel your Netflix, you'll cancel your whatever you've got, you'll go straight to Disney Plus and that'll be you and you'll be fine. But for a lot of people, it's another straw on the camel's back and yeah. they're just going like, ah, how about no? Yeah. But we have still got to watch The Mandalorian somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And it will because be they've, so they've created this social yeah. pressure to do it. Yeah, yeah it is social pressure. Yeah. It's important to yeah. watch. And so, you know, it's the equivalent of it. I mean, like, no, it's not. Let me take that. Let me dial that back. It's not as much as this. But imagine if the episode nine was yeah. a Disney Plus exclusive yeah. and Disney Plus wasn't available in the UK. Yeah, yeah. There'd be a, like, they'd call a national holiday to go and download it. Like, it yeah. would be so sanctioned to. Yeah to pirate that yeah it would this yeah. isn't that quite as much as that but no. it's it's trying to be yeah it, but the marketing department need you to think it is yeah exactly there's going to be some interesting ethical discussions on the subject of piracy coming up yeah and that those are then going to spill out across this entire streaming business yes because i'm sorry not no one as good as no one is <laughs> going to subscribe to all of those services yeah, of that course. are coming out now and I don't even know what a lot of them are, but there's, and I can't remember what it is, but there's one that people sometimes remind me is, is one of them. And I'm like, get out of here. Like, is there a streaming service for just like classic, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula and stuff? Is there one there for that? There might be, yeah. Yeah, there, it's there, something yeah, like that yeah. that I'm like, get off. Yeah, yeah. 
But then again, I suppose that actually is kind of what I'm thinking of with the Disney Treasures thing. That's like a niche collector's thing. So, all right, fair enough. There's the Criterion Channel, or whatever it's called. That's another one. But that's a, that's different, though. Is that, it? That's like... I assume... I only know the name. I don't know. I assume if it's anything like cri- the, the actual Criterion Collection of DVDs, presumably that'd come with a whole bunch of extra supplementary materials and stuff like that, right? I hope so. So those things, you know, if you're actually offering something that I can define, obviously, as like... Oh, that's a service. Yeah. I see what you're selling me. Yeah. Fine. You know, I said this about when we were talking about Disneyland. Like, yeah. when Disney buys something, it's not just, oh, yeah, you're buying it from us now instead of from them. It's always sort of like, mm. no, we're buying it. And we are in some way going to subtly transform the nature of what this thing is. Even if it's just branding it differently, we're going to put it out and we're going to make it occupy a different sort of space in your mind. And it's all going to come under this one banner. And then it's like, whether I like it or not, that's a transformation of it. And you've mm. sold it as something different now. You've you've literally turned it into something else. Whereas, like, South Park, say, mm. that's on Netflix now, as far as I'm aware. But I believe HBO Max have just struck a deal that, like, they're going to be the exclusive home of South Park from now on, or whatever. Right. And, and that's just like okay, then I'll just pirate South Park if I wanted to watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, oh, Friends is going away from yeah. Netflix, or the US office is going away yeah. from Netflix, and it's now going to be on this service. Right. I'm like, all right, well... It's like, it's like, did you put your money on red or black, isn't it? It's just yeah. like, oh, well, I've, I haven't got that one, I have got that one. Yeah. It's just becoming arbitrary, and it's becoming arbitrary which one you pick. Yeah, that's it. Apart from Disney+. Plus, like you Yeah. Were talking, you're talking about comparing it to the a bucket of stuff type service, and yeah. I suppose what I would compare that to is like if you're if you're in town with your children, do you go to the bric-a-brac shop or do you go to the Disney store? Yeah, because like you know what exactly what is going to be there. Yeah, and what and what it'll feel like and what it'll make your kids feel like. Yeah, and have a fun time just being there. And I kind of hope that's what Disney Plus is like. I feel yeah. like. I don't again. I don't know how this could be possible, but I hope it's nice to just be in. Yeah. I mean, that's Disney's whole thing, well, exactly. though, isn't it? That's where the difficulty in imagining this is for me. Disney's whole thing, yes, is not really compatible with what I think of as the Netflix model. Mm. But they seem to be doing that. So I am. I, I want to know what the difference is. Yeah. I, well, I guess we'll find out in about a year. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's one thing they're going to have to fix. Like, look, I get that this can't possibly be their decision per uh-huh. se you know what i mean right like yeah. this can't possibly be what they intended yeah. to do like if they could have launched this worldwide all at the same time i'm sure that's what they'd be yes. doing and that we're only getting uh, i'm and i'm sure that every time one of their tweets about the mandalorian streaming in two weeks or whatever mm. is inundated by people yeah. from europe being like not for us it isn't yeah that they're looking at that and thinking yeah right yeah. we know yeah. we're as irritated about that as you are but we can't say that yeah that they cannot be thinking anything other than that no. i'm sure of it but that must then be reflected by when it does launch this doesn't happen again yeah and yeah. then once it's actually out disney plus becomes a worldwide service oh god yeah they couldn't have different stuff in the UK to America, not on Di- on Netflix, you can get away with that because yeah. we it makes sense. It's stupid and we don't like it, but it makes sense. Yeah. But when it's 
purporting to be, we are Disney, the corporation that owns the rights to all this. Yeah. For that to only be available, for, for there to be any fluctuations in content at all would not be acceptable. So they would have to, it would all have to come out same day, yeah. same content across the board. And stay there for as yeah. long as it is supposed to stay there. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Beyond that, they'd, I think they're just going to have to evolve and see what happens, really. Because I think they've I think they've set out a stall mm-hmm. quite clearly as to the kind of ballpark area they're trying to define. Yeah. And it looks appealing to me, and it looks defined. You mm-hmm. know, it looks like something that I can look at the boundaries of it and recognise. I see that that's a thing. I see this is... Just like Disney usually do. Disney have thought about this more than just like, oh yeah, that's just the way we're selling you a thing. No, there's a package around it. There's an experience of sorts around mm-hmm. it. It's like, okay, fine. That's what I rely on you guys to do. But let's see how that evolves. Because it's going to have to evolve both from their own perspective <laughs> in terms of like, how do they square the circle of like, you know, because yeah, ob- it, it's obvious that the Disney movies and the Pixar movies and the Star Wars movies go on there. That's yeah. that's fine. That's not that's a problem that solves itself. But they're going to have to answer the question over time of, yeah, but what about aliens? Mm. What about Song of the South? You mm. know, like, and do we start making acquisitions now? Not just not just in a general corporate way like they do with Fox, say, where it's like, oh, there's money there, we'll have that. Yeah. Do they start to purchase libraries with Disney Plus in mind? So if we're back to what I'd like to see, now that we've got the uh, Disney Afternoon on there, yeah. we've got DuckTales, we've got Chip and Dale, I want to see, like, Ghostbusters and that. I want Thundercats. I want them to start buying up other cartoons I liked. <laughs> yeah. And just put them on there. Yeah. But then, would that undermine the product? Because they aren't as well made as DuckTales and, you know. Yeah, and that's not necessarily part of what they want to represent exactly, yeah. as, like, the Disney experience yeah. you're having on but- here. Expand it outwards. I'm sure there is something. I mean, they've, they've you know they recently bought the Simpsons, so we know that there's yeah. stuff that they are interested in. Star Wars that yeah. they are interested in acquiring and making you think of as Disney. So, yeah. so from now on, will that be because of Disney Plus that they make those decisions? Yeah, it was really interesting the day that the Fox merger like went through, mm-hmm. and they updated the corporate banner on their yeah. main website and with all the kind of different pictures of different things that are yeah. part of Disney and part of Disney now. And it was interesting the ones they chose to put on there because it was like. Mm. You know, was Avatar, and it was The Simpsons, and it was also Deadpool. Oh, like so that's obviously something. Actually, that... I think Deadpool is. I, I think there's a big audience. I think there's a lot of like ten, eleven year old boys who are into Deadpool. So it yeah. kind of does make sense. But you also couldn't put Deadpool on Disney Plus. No, I know, and it's and it's because of that. That's why the boys are into it. That I'm yeah. thinking, it might just be boys, but you know what I mean. No, it's yeah. that crowd. It's yeah. the scampy children uh, yeah, <laughs> crowd yeah, yeah. who like to feel like they're getting away with something. Yeah, in the way that you know, The Simpsons was once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but again, though, like just the fact that they put Deadpool on yeah. their corporate banner Weird. suggests that there is scope for evolution in their thinking of like what they want to appear to yeah. people as. Yeah. But we're going to have to see, and I think Disney Plus is going to be one of the most visibly evolving versions of that at any given time. The films they make as a studio, there's lead in time. They only come out every however often. And, like, 
you know, especially these days, the the movie market is skewing in the direction of like big brand name proven yeah. quantity blockbusters anyway. Yeah. So it's hard to actually get a read on like what Disney's sort of aspirations yeah. as a company are just by looking at what films they release. Because frankly, if you look at the films they release, I don't necessarily look at them and see like, this isn't 100% what they would love to be making right now. They're obviously making a bunch of money and having some fun making these live action remakes. But I genuinely believe that if you gave Disney a choice between making a billion dollars on a Beauty and the Beast remake or making a billion dollars on A Wrinkle in Time Mm. or Tomorrowland, or, like, Queen of Catway, or whatever, you know, these other live-action films they made in the last three, four years that didn't do anything. I think they'd pick the original ones, Uh you know, the ones that were sort of, like, a bit more aspirational creatively, a bit more like the ones that show that and we, what the Walt Disney Company, has, remain a creative colossus that we're still generating brand new ideas and brand new visions of the future and, you know, frankly more progressive ones at times. But it's hard to experiment like that yeah. in movies because the marketplace is so punishing. Whereas Disney+, Plus, I, I feel mm. like there's at least scope for them to churn through a whole bunch more, like, just experiments. Yes, and I suppose another aspect of it is that they will have access to all of the data yeah. about what is being watched and what's being responded to. Yeah. So they can use that to guide what their aspirations are in a way. They can, you know, they can they can go like, okay, everyone randomly everyone watch Mr. Boogity. <laughs> so we've that's what we're doing a remake of now. We can absolutely make that happen. Yeah, we can game this. <laughs> yeah. How many times do you think we need to watch Mr. Boogity for them to make a sequel yeah. or a reboot? I don't know. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. That's by watching Mr. Booty, like, quite a lot of times. So, yeah, get get ready for our transition to... Yeah, that's DDoS Boogity. <laughs> but just as one last question on this topic, yep. what do you want them to make? What? Greenlight a project right now for Disney+. Plus. Oh, God, dare I even hope? Look at Klaus. Oh, yeah. Here we have okay. on Netflix... Not a resurgence. It's one film. Yeah. But here we have a full budget, a full budget, <laughs> yeah, two D animated film. Yeah, state of the art. People looking forward to it in cinemas for about a yeah. week. In fact, it might already have been and gone. And then in a couple of weeks' time, it'll be on Netflix. And that's but it's where it fine because it's live. on Netflix. That I don't know what the financial like how you get yeah. your money back. Through that model? No, I don't know either. Netflix have never revealed it. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> well, they must have revealed it to the people who need to use it. I guess so, but like no one in the public knows okay. how, like what Netflix's definition of success is. So. Okay, so but apparently there is some way of getting money from making a film or a TV show, or whatever, and it appearing as a Netflix exclusive. Yeah. If Disney Plus have a a way of doing, if there is an actual white like, way of translating views into money and it's all to do with presumably how many people are buying the service and telling other people about the service. Yeah. 2D animated films. Yeah. They know we want them. Yeah. They know that the cinema market is not in a place where they can make them there. Yeah. Well, now that... Presumably all them working at the company want to make it. Presumably. And God, I've just... I mean, I guess guess what I'm putting together here is that that is what Disney Plus is. Mm. Disney are just... They don't need cinema after this. 
they could make Frozen 2 and put it on Disney Plus. And they wouldn't though. They're too ma- again though. They're too historically minded and yes. married to the idea of cinema as a thing that they're not going to abandon it. Think so? Yeah, but the 2D animation thing, absolutely yeah. yes. They, they should... seem to have abandoned that in the cinema. So, but maybe, but clearly the only reason they did is because they didn't feel like yeah. cinema was hospitable to it. Right. So they Disney... didn't want to. So let's say, for example, let, imagine that Princess and the Frog is made now. Yeah. On for Disney Plus. Yeah. They get to see, like, first off. They don't need to spend any money putting it on screens, which yeah. presumably they do. I, I imagine that costs. Yeah. So now all they have to do is like, oh, we've done it. Hit play, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Just upload it and you're done. Yeah. Um, so all they have to worry about after that is do we make back the money we spent on it? Does it get more people in? Does it? This is the thing. They have to figure out a way to retain subscribers because yeah. we're going to blow through their catalogue no matter how big it is. It's yeah. one company's catalogue. And yeah, they own everyone, but <laughs> still, yeah. they have to keep us on the hook. And yeah. what is there a better way? They know right now that we, uh, who are now, by the way, the parent generation, they're keeping us on the hook with these remakes to take our kids to The Lion King and like, the yeah. way we remember going. Well, this is the next logical step to that, and Disney Plus is the perfect place to put yeah. it. Yeah, 2D animation is an absolutely perfect example of what I was just talking about, of, like, the stuff that they obviously would like to be making. Yeah. I'm sure they'd love it, right? Like, that that was the plan when they made Princess and the Frog, that yeah. they'd alternate them, and that yeah. they'd make the choice of uh, format available to all filmmakers like you know if someone said yeah well, let's do a 2d one then they'd do a 2d one yeah. they'd love to be doing that right now that's but... that's what the the woman who's taken over lassiter's job has said is going to be her policy going forward but that's what lassiter said as uh, well. exactly and i take it with the same amount of salt yeah, yeah. but disney plus so much of that side of the equation disappears and there's much more of a sense that you can kind of just experiment. We want to see, I suppose, Disney Plus being for Disney what the better parts of Netflix have been for the people who make stuff on Netflix. Like, just the place where these projects go that the purely capital-driven box office market will not allow to exist. Mm. But then, no, go here. It's like, you know, here's just a dump truck of money and we're not going to hold you accountable. And then you just make like great stuff ideally i feel like disney's gonna hold them a lot more accountable (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure but well that's the thing though is that with netflix they do keep going like ah i guess make what the thing you're making yeah go on then here's a dump truck of money go on then yeah because they have such variety but disney plus being a bit more curated and a bit more of of a of a single voice yeah i imagine nothing will appear on disney plus that will not be promoted to the level of a Stranger Things. Yeah. Because the thing about Netflix is there's lots of stuff we've never heard of because there's just lots of stuff, including yeah, Netflix yeah. originals, that you'll never hear of. Yeah. Because it, they don't need to promote it. Whereas with Disney+, Plus, I think they're going to need to promote everything they make. Yeah. So we can expect to see really quite a lot of prestige stuff. Yeah. I just hope it's good. Like, yeah. I hope it's risk-taking stuff. I hope they... Like I say, I hope they take that side of the spirit of Netflix mm. and apply it to their own stuff because god there are so many interesting things Disney could be doing right now mm. that they're currently kind of not doing and I feel like they're not doing not necessarily by creative choice but because they don't feel like they're able to right. and if that's 
if that if Disney Plus is a thing that takes those shackles off, then great, hundred percent going to be worth the subscription fee. That was a much better answer than my answer, which was I was just going to say the tailspin remake using the Jungle Book assets <laughs> that I keep pitching in a future episode of Serious Disney's Ed. Like I'm sure they will, especially <laughs> if we game the system by watching lots of Tailspin. <laughs> And 2016 Jungle Book. Mm. Yeah, and they'll go, hey, people are watching this and, and this. this. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but then their figures are going to be skewed by the fact that they're also watching Mr. Boogity a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we'll have to be a bit more tactical about this. I think yeah. we'll have to do these. These are separate campaigns. Because like, what if they do a remake of Tailspin starring the characters of Mr. Boogity? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like a guy flying a plane going, yeah. Boogity, 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 Boogity. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine what it actually is yeah. is that he's a sort of ghost and he goes boogity 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 but I choose to think of it as boogity 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 and as of, as of right now as of the time of recording we have no way whatsoever of knowing no. either way no. and I do not want to know until such time yeah. as we sit down yes. together for the Mr. Serious Disney's Mr. Boogity special yeah Coming, as I say, at an indeterminate point <laughs> in 2020. Damn it. Because, look. Oh, it's so let, stupid. I'm not pirating Mr. Boogity. <laughs> it's too special. Yeah, because I want to support Mr. Boogity. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Yes, wow, yeah, me too. I think we've come to the end of a conversation. <laughs> Flippin' heck. This is a first. Yeah. Wow. What 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 do people do in these situations? They go away. Go away. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Well done, us. Yeah. And now we return to our segment from last episode, in which Brightside Ewan, a newborn, has has seen the Little Mermaid for the first time. Welcome back. To the section that we called <laughs> Serious Missed This, in which Ewan has not seen some of the basic food groups of animation. Uh huh. Except now. Now I have seen The Little Mermaid. This is something that has changed since last time. And I need to formulate, and I perhaps ought to have formulated these questions beforehand, but what information can I tease out of you? Based on the fact that for me, these films are fundamental to enjoying animation whatsoever. Well, one thing that I thought of that I think we should probably do for each one is that I should try and think of what my nearest equivalent was for each film. Oh, yeah. Because I did watch animated movies, I just didn't watch these animated movies. As the film went on, I realized the movie that it's closer to in my mind is Ratatouille. Oh, really? Why? Is it because there's a chef in it? <laughs> no, but we will get to that. Um, <laughs> in both Ratatouille and in The Little Mermaid, they're about a character from one world who has a longing for the surface world where the humans live, but their disapproving oh, father yeah. is keeping them from there. But eventually they, oh, yeah. they escape and they go to that world. And when they go to that world, they befriend a man who they are unable to talk to. Oh, yeah! So they are rendered mute when they're on the above world. And then by the end of the film, they have worked it out so that their father is okay with leaving them in the above world and they've made peace. Jeez! I, it's Now that you spell it out like that, it's weird that I never made that connection when I was watching Ratatouille. <laughs> You're right. Maybe I've just taken this story on board as so fundamental that I'm blind to it when I see it elsewhere. Huh. So, was this any good? 
Did you enjoy this film? What caught me off guard, I don't think I said this when we were talking about it, but I assumed Under the Sea was going to be the first song in the movie. Oh. I had this picture in my mind of, that The Little Mermaid started, fade in, the island from Spongebob, the camera pans <laughs> down, bubbles, and then Under the Sea starts as Sebastian, the comic relief crab, sings to the audience what the world is like under the sea. Oh, really? So that, and that, and you genuinely, you thought that was a to the camera, to the audience. Hit welcome to our undersea yeah. world. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not at all that. It's the singing to Ariel to convince her not to go above land song. Yeah, it's probably almost halfway through the film by the time it comes on, isn't it? Or a third yeah. through or something. Yeah, it's proper into the film, yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's also, like, not the kind of song that I would have expected the hit single to be. Like, I, I, mm. I would have thought that Under the Sea wouldn't have been a song about trying to dissuade her from following her heart, you know? The thing about the Little Mermaid soundtrack is that it genuinely... This probably won't have registered when you were watching the film, but it was genuinely very different from anything that I'd certainly heard in a cartoon before at the time. Because right. it was, um, like, the previous films they'd done had been things like Oliver and Company which was you know just a couple of years before and that leaned into like hey it's the 80s now so let's do New York and let's do pop music and here's like Billy Joel and stuff right but it felt so try hard whereas Little Mermaid was a step back towards the traditional fairy tale style Disney film and actually even I'm surprised to hear it whenever I hear it it was the first time they'd done that in decades like a fairy tale Disney film yeah but its soundtrack while being made by genuine sincere musical writers also happened to not shy away from the contemporary sounds that was in pop music and so on so the fact that that little at the beginning is so is transparently done on a synthesizer rather than live yeah. instruments and the fact that you know even like the incidental music kind of leans sincere but it's driven by synths and so on and you know there's the you know the the sound at the beginning and end of part of your world is is so synthesized that that stood out as really weird and not like revolutionary but but also yes <laughs> <laughs> right but that's what it uh, felt like in 1989 or whenever not today right i did really enjoy part of that world not part of your world mm. as you pointed out it is she does say part of that world it, it, the yeah. first time. part of the... your world is the reprise yeah yeah that was a really nice broadway song what caught me off guard was uh all of the modern language that they use like in part of that world she has the bit where she says you want thingamabobs yeah. i got 20 something something no big deal no big deal there's also the part where like ursula says you have a thing for that prince <laughs> yeah. there's just lots of modern american ways of talking God, i never thought I of that yeah but without leaning too hard on hey kids we're using slang yeah no it's just not thinking about trying to sound like period france or wherever it yeah. is yeah I sort of thought that that would have been a more recent development because, mm. I, like, I'm conscious of that being a thing in Frozen, but yeah. no, it's there in Little Mermaid. Yeah, you're right. And I've really thought about it before, but it really is completely contemporary to the time. And I think that does explain part of how it felt because we'd all, you know, we'd got Disney films on video by this time. We knew how Cinderella speaks and how Sleeping Beauty talks, and they didn't talk like that in The Little Mermaid, and it really did feel like a modern film. Okay, bef before we talk about my favourite part of the movie, I I'd need to touch on the prince, because the prince <laughs> is a very Disney prince. He he's, like, yes. not got very much going on. No. But I came to a realisation pretty early on that he is voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes. Right. He was 
my childhood Spider-Man. Really? Oh my god! I, I, I don't think anyone's ever told me that he played Spider-Man. Not just Spider-Man, but like the Spider-Man that I was very much into. Well, are we talking about the like radioactive Spider-Man? That yeah, one. that's the one. Gosh. So. My favorite part of the movie, I theorized, I, I posited in our first segment, if I took something really big away from the movie, it would be something that I wasn't expecting, and I thought maybe it would be a song that I didn't know about. Right. And it was, <laughs> and it was Les Poissons. <laughs> yes! Oh! Oh, to go, to go in not knowing that that's about to happen. I have just in my notes Ho space Lee space Space <laughs> Les Poissons I grew up lo- loving Flay the Concords I know all of the words to Fu to Fafa I was still just <laughs> My jaw was on the floor At how aggressive this French stereotype was Les yeah. Poissons Les Poissons He 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 so hard on the ho 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 uh, He does And not, e- not even just that It's that combined with how violent a scene that is. Mm. I cut off their heads and I, and I pull out their, their bones. bones. Yeah. He gets really worked up, but then he's also, ah, maybe he says it toujours delish. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> D- it, I, I know that this is before your time, but have you ever watched DS9? Uh, no. Deep Space Nine. Oh, it's a shame because this actor is one of the main characters in Deep Space Nine, <laughs> one of the best characters in Deep Space Nine, and you should watch Deep Space Nine because of him. It's beautiful and it's just <laughs> utterly hysterical. So yeah, that was the biggest thing I took away from the movie, and that is my favorite, my favorite thing in that film. <laughs> oh, that's like, great. There, there was from that point on, there was nothing that could compete with that. No, and even like like when he comes back, it's like yeah, but he can't bring me anything more. Yeah. Um, what I realized as I was watching it is that it's very much a retread of the dentist song from Little Shop Forest. So he's great. What about Ursula? We're we're going full spoilers, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So I guessed that Ursula would get her comeuppance. I didn't guess that she would be impaled on a ship and die. <laughs> oh yeah, that reminds I also one of the things we talked about beforehand was I didn't know how they would transition from her being a mermaid to not being a mermaid. And the answer is without pants. Yeah. That was a thing to see for the first time them the camera dancing around trying to not show the fact that she's definitely not wearing pants. Yeah, if they were making the film today, I do not think they'd get away with the like Austin Powers style handy things in the way you see. Well, no, they'd not get away with it. I don't think it would even occur to them to do it that way. Right. I did want to talk about how funny a movie this is because it's got mm. a lot of jokes that are really well, not not exactly subtle. Like they're telegraphed, but they're subtle for what I would expect. Jokes like the fact that she's combing her hair with the fork, and then when she puts <laughs> it down, she puts it down right next to the hairbrush without like the camera holding on it. You just see that the hairbrush is there next to it. Ewan. Yeah. I have never seen that. Really? I have never <laughs> seen. There is a hairbrush right there on the yeah, table. Ne- right next to the fork. When she puts the fork down, she puts it down next to a hairbrush without looking at the hairbrush. Oh my god. That's great. <laughs> I've uh, never noticed also, that. In part of that world, she's like sticking. When she has the fork, she puts it in a candlestick and she's got all her cutlery arranged in candlesticks. Oh my god, uh, you're right. Because she would have every reason to believe that that's what those are for. Oh my god. What else to it? Ewan, you are properly <laughs> opening up this film to me in new ways. I thought uh, I knew I... it back to front. I can sit there, I can sit there singing along with the music all the way through. I can probably recite most of the words. I have n- yeah, I this, guess is this is new. Like, this is the kind of stuff that you don't notice if you just 
like, yeah, that's where she put the fork. Of course it's where she put the fork. Yeah. It's where she put the fork the last 20 times I watched yeah. it. Yeah. <gasps> wow. There's a scene when Ursula is on the boat and she's pretending to be whatever, the the new princess, the real princess, I whatever you want to call it. I think she's technically called Vanessa. Vanessa, right. The dog is barking at her and she kicks it. Mm. And there's such a loud thunk when she <laughs> yes. kicks it that I think, I think is supposed to be funny. But it made me re- genuinely go, <gasps> like, <laughs> like it was just too violent a thing to do to a dog. Also, I expected Sebastian to just be the comic relief crab, but Sebastian is a proper character. Yeah, like he's got he's got things going on, and I did like him a lot more than I expected to because he's got that sort of he doesn't like Ariel at the beginning, which yeah. kind of surprised me that the movie starts on that note. No, I know. I think he's a really robust character, and I think he really is more or less the the perfect blueprint for a a comedy sidekick character because and in fact it really i would i don't think the idea of a comedy sidekick character in an animated film quite existed in the way that we think of it now until people Mm -hmm. tried to copy sebastian and did it badly because he is an old man like he's an an angry old court (laughs) composer who yeah yeah he's a reluctant guardian as as the film goes on he's just like dragged along and trying to stop ariel from getting herself into too much trouble that's right he's not even it's not even that he's assigned the job of looking after ariel which i feel like a, a, a film now or a simpler film would do instead he's almost caught up in the deception and then by the time she's going to bed in the new kingdom you can see that he's really becoming very fond of her and he's mm. going to become this surrogate parent to her. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I can to a greater degree understand how Lin-Manuel Miranda named his son after that. Because before, <laughs> having watched the movie, I'm like, wait, what? Lin-Manuel Miranda named his son after the crab from Little Mermaid? Right, when you thought that he was basically like Donkey from Shrek or something. <laughs> This is my beautiful son, Donkey. (laughs) I love him so much. No, this is my beautiful son, Donkey from Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) This is my beautiful son, Donkey, as portrayed by Eddie Murphy in the hit film Shrek. Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) So... That took a second. <laughs> what struck me as dark was the first time that I realized what Ursula does. Her sort of mm. den or whatever, her lair is full of cursed souls that are just in eternal pain, basically. Yeah. Not dead, but in some sort of state of eternal punishment that she's caught them in. Yeah. It's less dark because at the end they're all freed. But without that seed at the end, there are all these people who are in the in in hell basically that's it it's such a great shot where ariel's first entering her lair and they're all kind of crying out to her as she goes you know sort of mm-hmm. saying don't do it but yeah. also help yeah. it's so good yeah i was like this is really dark i didn't see this one coming and at the heart of that is this wonderful camp villain who is so theatrical and so fun <laughs> isn't she great isn't it a great performance yeah so did you like The Little Mermaid? I think I did. I think I did. Well, you haven't really said anything particularly negative. What makes you wonder if you did or not? I'm thinking about what I would go want to go back to this film for. What comes to mind is part of that world and Les Poissons, and mostly Les Poissons, <laughs> and I definitely did go back to Les Poissons like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we'll see once I've seen the other ones, but I, I don't know if, if I would want to rewatch it. I don't right. know if there's anything there. So you like the ingredients, but as a piece, you've seen it now and that that's fine now and you've done it. Yeah, I think, I think mostly. Like, if I was wanting to go back to the this movie, I would want to go back to it for the world of the movie. Yeah. The world of the movie 
isn't very strongly established. Yeah. Like, I have no idea what exists outside of the rooms that we see in the uh, underwater kingdom. Yeah. I don't know what the fish kingdom looks like. I know that there are fish in it and that there's a fish kingdom. Yes, you never see where they live, including Ariel. Which is what I thought would be the song establishing that. You really just see a couple of fish that are singing the song with Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, thank you. You've really you've genuinely given me a new perspective on this film, which is what I was hoping for. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that I did because I didn't know that I would. I like I, I knew that this would be something new for me. I, I could only hope that it would be something new for you. And it sounds like it was because you didn't notice the hairbrush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I Do you know, here's how hard I didn't notice the hairbrush. I sort of don't believe you. <laughs> I'm kind of like no, okay, no, that one. can't be right. Okay, you have to watch it one more time. Look for the candlestick in part of that world. Look for the hairbrush in. Well, the candlestick the I can remember. Yeah, I totally remember that. So I know you're right there. But that hairbrush, yeah. I've missed that hairbrush completely. <laughs> the camera does not dwell on it at all. It's totally in the background, but it's right next to where she puts the fork down. <laughs> right. Well, tune in next time when uh, it's Beauty and the Beast next, right? It is. Um, I think. Te- Technically, the next one they did was Rescuers Down Under, but that kind of doesn't make it onto the list, and I don't put it onto the list because that I'm not it's certainly sure not why. One. Like I'm not I'm not weird for not having seen Rescuers Down Under, so it's right not to be on the list. That's it. It's as it, it was good, but it was a a weak effort compared to what's thought of as the Disney Renaissance era. It was kind of a side project in in a way. But then again, hmm. so was The Lion King, um, and you know where that ended up. So. Thank you for joining me uh, for this experiment, which I declare a success. Hurrah. I think it was a success as well, and we will see. What I'm curious is how I'm going to rank these four movies once I've seen them all. Yes. Right, thanks for coming. This was great. Let's do it again soon. And let's you do this again soon. Listen to Serious Disney, that is. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at, at Serious Disney, obviously, uh, or I am at Demon Tomato Dave, one word. Well, it's got to be one word on Twitter, isn't it? Uh, and Jahan is at Mouse Talica with an M A U S and a Talica. Ewan doesn't really bother with Twitter, but you can find him on YouTube at Brightside Ewan, and I recommend you do. He's good. And you can write to us, seriousdisney at gmail.com, and we will read your letters out on the air. Um, so tell us if you know you don't want your name reading out or anything like that. And uh, now I realise we haven't done that yet, but we we have. We've recorded it. We just didn't release it because you know we needed to get this episode out. In a timely fashion, quote-unquote. Uh, next episode's going to be about Frozen 2. Recorded the day it came out. Goodness, there's an app that's going to hit the airwaves, the pod waves. Uh, one of the things that we say in that that's sort of time-sensitive, so I'm just going to say it now, is uh, go and see it in 3D if you can. Very, very pretty. But, uh, yeah, you know, I might get that episode done soon. I'll uh, I'll get right on to editing that. But uh, also I have uh, another editing job to work on. That's my other podcast, Sonic the Comic the Podcast, which is on a strict fortnightly release schedule. So uh, you'll also see me there. That's about Sonic the Hedgehog. Bye.